Hey gang, Craig here. Before we start the show, I just want to let you all know that you can now listen to us on Spotify. That's right, just open up the Spotify app, search for Optimus Prime Time and podcasts, click follow, and subscribe today. You can also now follow us on Instagram at OPT Podcasts. That's OPT Podcast on Instagram. Get posts alerting you to new podcast episodes, Transformers picks and memes, and original Transformers artwork created by yours truly. That's right, every Tuesday along with each new episode of the show, I will be posting an original Transformers drawing, painting, or t-shirt design that you can then get in either my original art shop on Big Cartel or my Tee Public store. Just follow the link in either our show notes or our Instagram bio. So please subscribe and follow us on Spotify, on Instagram at OPT Podcast, and check out some of my art. I think you'll like it. Now, on to the episode. Welcome to Optimus Prime Time, more than meets your ears. My name is Craig Mahoney. Joining me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Justin Murray. Justin, how the heck are you? Oh, delightful, Craig. How are you? I, I'm, I'm excellent. We're... Uh, a lovely, lovely Sunday here in the uh, northeast of United States of America. Wonderful uh, 70-degree January day. There you go. That's good. <laughs> which, which, which is nice, but scary. Yeah, there you go. It's fine. Just still get to work on that bunker, you know? Yeah, it's like getting a, you know, it's like getting a loan from a mob boss. You know, it's like it's or getting a favor from a, you know, it's nice now, but you know, you should. But uh, we are here as always recapping the original 1984 G1 Transformers cartoon series, and today we are doing episode five. Roll for it. There we go. I, I decided since I did the big. Um, the big voice for transport to oblivion last week. I decided that's going to be my thing. <laughs> All right, there you go. A little Latin flavor. I like. That. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna do a little, a little weird. I'm gonna try to make the you know, give a little drama to, to the uh, to the title. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> now the well, first... when last we left, you know, of course, uh, Megatron was stranded forever in Cybertron. Yes. So we all assumed he was dead. Of course. <laughs> yes. They apparently, I love that the assumption was immediately that the space bridge did not work. Yeah, and, <laughs> and just sent him. him. I think that was the way it worked. <laughs> yeah, it didn't send him to Cybertron. It just killed yeah, him. It, it murdered him in a way that looked just like it working properly. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, in this episode, we find out that uh, not the case. He actually did survive. But, uh, well, first off, I want to say something about this episode. Now, it's made by the same studio that had produced the uh, the previous uh, four episodes, but it looks very different. It's like there's a different director. The, some of the characters, like everything's a little, like it's a little more anime, mm-hmm. you know, like even the, yeah, it is like, like uh, even some of the, the shots are like a little more dynamic. The characters are a little more exaggerated in their features. Sometimes there's even some like crosshatch, like shading on some of the characters, like some lines and like chip chases. There's one, uh, See where they do a close up of his head, and he's super at. He's like, like, he's like somebody on Tumblr, like you know, some shipper on Tumblr doing like a hot chip chase drawing. <laughs> he's got like the wavy <laughs> hair and the big eyes, whatever. Oh yeah, what you mean? <laughs> yeah, dreamy yeah. chip. Dreamy chip. There you go, dreamy chip. You get a dreamy <laughs> chip shot. So I and I've been looking, trying to. They don't tell you like individually like who worked it like it's just the studio is toei t-o-e-i or toei yeah there was a couple 
There was a couple of different places they sent out to do different work. So like every but, few episodes look a little bit different, you know? Yeah, but this uh, this studio is the same one that did the previous four and the next one, which all look alike. Episodes one through four and six look alike. Five looks like it was done yeah. by a different like a different studio. And um and I can't find like they don't tell you who the director is, obviously because it was all done overseas and they don't credit them. So and I can't find anything online. Oh yeah. But everything. Huh. But it's definitely it's like I don't know what happened here. <laughs> it's it's a it's a bit of a different look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's a that's a good point, man. Yeah. Well, be, me being the um you know the artist illustrator with I uh, who, who actually went to school for animation for a year, I noticed this shit. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, that's right. I, I just got stuck in the five billion astroseconds, but <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> and I have a theory that explains that. Okay. Uh, fantastic. This would be great. The Astro Seconds, all right? It sounds now Okay. To to our to our ears, it sounds like just like some some nineteen eighty four writers trying to be like, you know, uh their their little show for, for uh you know, just to try and sell some toys to stupid little kids. Let's just throw a sciencey mm-hmm. sounding word in front of Astro Seconds, make it sound <laughs> a little more exotic sure. and space like and science fictiony. But here's the thing. How do we measure time? By uh, the d- days, oh, you know, humans, the way we measure time is a day is the, the length of time it takes a planet to uh, rotate on its axis. And a year is the amount of time that it takes a planet to uh, circle its star. So, you know, the uh, an Earth day and an Earth year is very different uh, from a, a year, day and a year on Jupiter. You know, like uh, sure. I think a day in Jupiter is like 10 hours of our hours. So sure. Cybertron, so suggesting they have some sort of standardized galactic measurement system. Yes, because Cybertron, like, obviously, time would be measured differently than it is on Earth. So you, they all, every time they talk about seconds, it's always when somebody's communicating between Cybertron and Earth. So is it some sort of that's true? Listen, I'm with you on that, and measure. I hear, dude, I get, what you're, I get what you're saying. That's actually really a really good fucking point because obviously minutes and seconds and hours are based on a 24-hour schedule of the. Yes. You know, the Sun rotating the Earth. However, I posit this to you, sir. All that being said, is it is it a inefficient system of measurement if you can get the can get the five billion without going to the next? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I'm not like if I'm yeah. like if I'm going to they, LA, they I'm not. Invent, like, yeah, it's about they, a. They did not scale up the astro minutes or astro hours. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, listen, an inch is a rational unit of measurement for our time, but like, I can't be like, yeah, I'm going to Vegas. It's about five billion inches away, so you know, be, <laughs> that's my well, point. It's I, like, think, I think that is clearly just to throw giant numbers and blow little boys' minds <laughs> in the '80s. That's true. Five billion. It sounds so. <laughs> it's such a lot of time, and every I, I, every time I see this episode, I get stuck on that one part. It's like five <laughs> minutes in, and every time, and then like I the rest of the episode, I'm like, man, five billion astro seconds. You can be like twenty astro hours or something. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, man. There's like, there's got to be a better way. Does that mean he has a stopwatch that just counts up to like five billion and then it goes off? You know? Well, I mean, you would assume with them being robots, their brains would have the you know, computer to handle it. But as we've seen so far, they do have outside computers to do other. Their computers can only oh, do so yeah. much. And in this episode, we actually see they have battle computers specifically designated battle. for battle. They don't have yeah, just a main a... hard drive that handles everything and all processing. Yeah. 
they have separate computers that do separate things. So Dude, the implications at- here are vast. This whole episode is really like <laughs> this whole episode. I, it should have been deleted from the annals of time because this really gives you the blueprint on how to take over the, the Transformers without much effort. Because uh, as you're saying, the battle computer thing comes up where Prowl's battle computer gets shot, which is, you know, its own thing. But, uh, you know, he says it's a battle computer, but it seems to be the center of all of his movement. Battle yes. or otherwise. <laughs> it doesn't seem like he can't walk. He can talk, and that's it. So it's basically shut down all of his movement, and uh, and that's a battle computer. And then, of course, uh, Chip, who I think this is the first Chip episode, right? This is, this is the introduction of the legendary uh, Chip Chase. Man, Chip Chase, like one of the most ironic names in all of 80s cartoons. Uh, uh, well, speaking, uh, speaking of ironically named, is the episode title role? And I think it is. I don't even think it was done ironically. I oh, no, think, I think it was, yeah. It I think was I think definitely, in, 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 <laughs> Roll Court is definitely a reference to his wheelchair. Dude, 100%. And I think <laughs> in 1985, that was like seen as inspiring. Well, you know, there. If you remember, there was a thing in the '80s, like I, I think it was when you know the the American with Disabilities Act was really. I don't know if it had something to do with that, where it was you know you were starting to see a lot more. You know, there, every building had to be uh, handicap accessible. That was a you know a big thing uh, that kind of was gaining traction then. And you saw on a lot there was like a lot of sitcoms. I I remember. I didn't look this up or anything, but from my memory. It seemed like a lot of the sitcoms and shows at the time, there was always like an episode where a kid with a wheelchair or something was showing up and proving that, hey, I can do things too. You know, sort of like it was it was the there was always a smart wheelchair hero. Yeah, it was the 80s version of like wokeness. (laughs) They would. Yeah, exactly. That was like diversity and like everything. Like everything else in the '80s, it like had a kind of slight insulting edge to it because yes. you know, truly the thing, truly the message was, it's like I know even though your body is useless, like your brain still works. Like that was yes. really like because yes. it wasn't I, like yeah, and it wasn't like rollerball. Done, when they like rolling. That's what I'm saying. Ahead. If this episode had been done in 1990, the, the wheelchair kid would have been like a basketball star, but. Oh, exactly, dude. <laughs> you know, but in the 80s, it was like, no, like the part of his body that isn't dead is pretty smart. So you can still you can yeah. still be you and your useless body can still be great to somebody, not to you. Your life is miserable, but to everyone else, you know, it's yeah. like such a it's, weird it's message. A very, yeah, it's a very condescending. Well, I mean, listen, that's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very sort of you know condescending sort of uh diversity inclusion sort of thing yeah, it's like no dude, all aren't you aren't you special you can do this too dude there's there is so much to love in this episode specifically like every every two minutes something awesome happens like there's a you know there's a part when uh they're going like they uh bumblebee has to take spike and and uh and a chip and like escape with them and like yeah. the way he gets them into his cars he just like dude he just straddles them and then sits on them like <laughs> yes. that's how he like that's how he transforms it's like just two seconds but man it's so great it's just like oh god that is disgusting like it's they literally go up his little robot butthole and then like into the car it's it's phenomenally there's, it's so there's, great there's so many parts of this episode like that all right so let's dive in let's get into the plot here so it starts with uh star screams and charge the decepticons and they're going to a uh lab dr alcazar's lab one of the yep. great hydroelectric uh, trans- power plant yet again one of the, <laughs> yeah one of the great um did they have they never did they ever go after any nuclear 
plants. I don't think. Well, that's this kind of turns into like a, a nuclear thing. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, this one gets weird because they have antimatter, but it's supposedly a hydroelectric plant. So I mean, you know, figure it out, dude. But it goes from hydroelectric energy to nuclear energy somewhere in the middle of the episode, but they just don't <laughs> explain when that happens. And my and I and I tried looking up antimatter, to, you know, to, to do a little uh, quick study on 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 it. Uh, as far as we know, like we can't really produce it, or it, there's no, it's some only, sort of, it's I like so, it's theoretical. Well, I, there's some like you might get it some sort of like a like cosmic ray or radi- radiation decay. Like they've apparently they've, they've only we've only been able to really produce like nanograms of it, <laughs> but uh, which okay. is not. But exactly what it would be able to do is it does seem like it would make a great fuel, but also if an if an antiparticle met up with its actual particle. It would completely destroy itself. So I don't know. They they actually the science might actually be a little. It might not be completely out of its ass on this one because <laughs> it does seem like it yeah. could, theoretically could be used as a great fuel, but it would also be entirely unstable, which is what we see happen here. As uh, so that the, yeah, the star it's stream. It's a, yeah. Isn't it cold fusion basically? Isn't the idea that like this that would be cold fusion and then you'd have limitless energy. Something like, like if it, it, I think. The only reason I bring that up is because the the flippancy with which they like to sort of discuss the fact that humans have invented limitless energy, <laughs> like it's just it's just like a casual yeah. thing. It's like some garage. There's like not even a security guy. There's like one there's one security guy, like a friendly security guy. They've invented antimatter. They successfully solved all energy crises from and now yet, on in the future. And yet it still comes up again and again in, in, in previous. It's completely forgotten about. And we're still inventing yeah. new forms <laughs> of energy in, in, yeah, in uh, subsequent like, episodes as the series goes on. Yeah, because, like, uh, you know, I don't want to go too far ahead. But later on, you'll see, like, the usefulness of the antimatter is pretty impeccable. We're like, well, why would they ever do anything else? Like, this is pretty <laughs> – this worked out pretty well. But anyway, we'll keep going, dude. So, um. <laughs> so, so Starscream, uh, Skywarp, and Thundercracker go – they're they're going to Alcazar's hydroelectric whatever <laughs> power plant to, to, to just basically uh, just steal some energy on. And uh, – well, what happens is, uh, you know, first it's it's Skywarp and Thundercracker, but I love that uh, immediately again. Uh, there's all sorts of coloring mistakes and design. There are there there's extra. I don't know if there are there extra seekers in this or is it are they all just random colors? Like there's in this first scene, this is a good one. There's, there's zero consistency with it. Oh yeah, there's extra seekers, and I think in this episode we get a couple extra reflectors as well, a yeah. couple times. But anyway. No, wait. So this isn't out there. I'm sorry. It's not Alcazar's lab. Yeah, it's just a hydroelectric power plant. And then yeah, uh, the old regular power. Plant. Yeah. And so then we cut to Meg- that. We find out Megatron actually is. Oh wait, no. Then Optimus and uh, Prowl and Blue Streak show up to fuck him up. Yeah, pretty easily. And they're just like, wow, you know, boy, Star Starscream being such a pussy is really helping out our whole cause here. And they're like, yeah, this is great, you know. Um, and then the Decepticons retreat. Optimus. Uh, for the first time and maybe the last time, actually sends people to follow them while they're retreating, which really would solve most of the problems in the entire run of the show. And movie. by the way, <laughs> Soundwaves, uh, I forgot Soundwaves with them, and his little uh, escape run, his little, like, he does, he does oh, a very dude, so sort great. of Looney Tunes, like Three Stooges, sort of, <laughs> whoop, 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 you know? I know, he does. It, it runs through some sort of a net, like there's a volleyball net out there for some reason. <laughs> he runs through it is hilarious. Like I said, it's very, it's, it's a lot. It's, it, the whole style of this is very different. Um, and then Prowl and Bruce Blue Streak head after them. Uh, yeah. and then we get the, we go to Cybertron, but we find out that, uh, 
Megatron is still alive. He's with uh, Starscream. I mean, he's with uh, Shockwave. And Shockwave, yeah. Who, like, very... It's funny, like, he's like, I'm gonna go back and go back to Earth, and then uh, Shockwave is like, ha ha, yeah. Like, you get this weird tone of voice like he's gonna <laughs> fuck him over, but he doesn't. Like, it's just <laughs> weird. I guess, I guess that's just how he talks. And then Megatron announces he's alive in that moment on the radio. I guess he just couldn't use the radio until right now, but, like, he just... He's like, yeah. oh, I, I, I've been alive this whole time. And they're like, oh, shit. And they take it pretty well. You know, even Starscream is like, well, that was a good run anyway. Um, so he's like, now that <laughs> I decided to use the radio. Like, like, what? Like Megatron was just chilling up there. And then all of a sudden he's I like, guess. yeah, let's, I guess. Well, let me see. He's like, let me see how much Starscream's fucking shit up. <laughs> and this could have been like, there's no thing. This could have been like 20 minutes after the last episode. Like, they could have like transformed and flown to some power plant and he's like i'm the leader now and then he's like hey idiots <laughs> like you know what i mean it could have been we don't know how long it's been so it like, may have been that yeah true oh and so, then in the meantime there's also like it's weird because they just cut to without any explanation they just cut to bumblebee and uh spike driving to like some lab to visit yeah. something like it's really out of nowhere and then like going to alcazar's lab uh, yep. and, and then and there's um, not known if Chip works there or if he's just such a genius that I, I this is what I don't understand. Does he work for some of these facilities or is he just such a huge genius that everybody in the military industrial complex knows who he is and just lets him in to help out? Oh, yeah. Well, and also keep in, keep in mind in this point in the show still Transformers are known by everybody. Yes. Because um, the guy, the security guard is not that surprised. He hasn't met he's, one, but he's not he's like, like I've never met an Autobot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they're not Transformers. They're Autobots. And they are they're all well known. So at this point they're still not they're not really robots in disguise anymore. They're just robots that happen to turn into cars. But they're not Yeah, yeah, they're never robots they in disguise. Well also, you know, you see the, 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 the seekers in the first scene, they're all flying and they're um they're in disguise. Like, oh we're just jets flying, yeah. except except the giant robot who turns into a tape recorder flying along next to us. Exactly. <laughs> flying oh, as a robot. <laughs> so it's sky. weird because like it seems like the show almost has like a morality to transforming. It's like if you're a good transformer, you transform for utility, and if you're a bad transformer, you transform to hide, which is really weird because like this, they all do it. But anyway, anyway, so it's like a weird, you know, they're they're out in the open, they're they're randomly touring this plant while we're like, you know, yes. getting updates about Megatron. Uh, they get attacked well, by speak, laser beak. Yes, well, before that, speaking of uh, Decepticons to transform to hide, we get Reflector as a camera. Oh yeah, that's right. Who's spying on them? And gets the uh, the code to enter the laboratory, and this is this is what allows the Decepticons to uh, take it over later, I believe. Yes, and I uh, I'm a huge Reflector fan, and this is a uh, this is one of my I, I don't know, he he disappears from the show pretty quickly from now. Um, yeah. He's in as the first season goes on because his toy was supposed to come out with the first season, and then it got delayed, and then it never came out. It eventually came out with mail order. So because of that, he's he's in the first episodes because he was ordered to be that way, but then when they realized his toy was taken out, they took him out. So at some point, the heel, he's going to disappear pretty quick. This is like one of the most prevalent he gets to be, which is <laughs> awesome. Uh, and we get this awesome oil cake line, which this is the last yes, one I'm going to bring up. Yes, the oil cake is That great. is the famous oh, one to me, I think. Oil <laughs> cake. That was fantastic. I was thinking about that earlier when we were talking about the the Astro seconds that I I, I wanted to oh, yeah. I wanted to wait. Uh, but uh, the other thing with Reflector, they don't really give him much of a personality. No, it's very cool and like man, this 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 episode will probably go a little long because there's so much there's so much great stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah. There's always the Reflector is usually the same person in three bodies usually, but then yeah. occasionally he's been like different you know like a like a traditional combiner but at, at this point in the cartoon he's not really a combiner he's like 
it's weird. He's it's kind of actually pretty powerful if you think about it. He's one person that could be multiple bodies, I guess. So yeah. it's pretty interesting. But yeah, they speak with one voice. Very very interesting character. I don't think it ever got done again in Transformers. <laughs> like it's really like the only time they did no. something like that. But it's very cool. Well, because clearly at this point, I mean, they're they're literally trying to create these characters in this mythology out of like three separate toy lines that were created for various different things. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> you know, honestly, I think that's why it's so good. You know what I mean? I think that's the reason yeah. they had to bring so much stuff together, and they got Bob Budiansky to write all of it, and like he cared enough to be like, ah, oh, this is a challenge. Like, let me see if I can. And it actually worked. And it like, dude, you know, it, it worked well enough that we're still talking about this shit like 35 <laughs> years later. You know what I mean? I it's pretty amazing. Yeah. But I really think that's why it's so good. It's because there's so much weird stuff put together. Like, it's weird that the bad guy is like a tiny little gun. Then the good guy's a giant truck. And they still are like the same size. <laughs> but that kind of shit like ends up making it so cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that. You know the yeah, the giant bad guy transforms into the tiny gun, and the the giant truck his his whole back end just disappears. Yeah, <laughs> when he exactly. transforms, it's so great. <laughs> um, although this is, we'll see in a little bit in this episode. Uh, this is one of the episodes where you see his trailer being used as like a way to carry allies. Yes, well, one of the few times you ever see that. But um, and and it's also an episode where we get a lot of Megatron gun mode at the end. Yes. Absolutely. But anyway, so as we, we, we got to keep going because there's so much stuff to talk about. So Reflector gets this delicious oil cake and then like, the jig is up. Everybody knows that uh, that they have some antimatter there. And then wisely, they're like, oh, I guess I guess this is why the uh, disconnect was with the hydroelectric at the beginning. But they're like hydro hydro energy is a waste of time. This apparently they invented antimatter. This is amazing. Yeah. So they're like, well, we should attack the antimatter base. Uh, and then they get in there. And they, this is after Bumblebee has been attacked by Laserbeak and he's jammed all these other people in his asshole and turned into a car. And then he's like, <laughs> he's successfully gotten away. Um, it's You know, by the way, they're still surprised every time they see Laserbeak. Like, it's been a couple times now. They're like, oh, but is that a regular bird? It's like, there's not yeah. giant metal birds. Like, I don't know what you guys. Well, what's weird one. is that, yeah, why, it, like, why would they transform because the cassette is clearly the disguise part. So why would they yeah. transform into a bird or or a, a giant a cat sure. at all? You know, it doesn't make yeah, any, it doesn't make yeah, a lot of sense. True. Yeah, there's no there's no magno there's no metal jaguar. So it doesn't matter what he turns into. <laughs> whatever the fuck he wants. It's a good point. Rockets on their thighs. Yeah, it's true. They're just getting bitched out, especially when like Rumble and Frenzy just turn into like little people who can do whatever they want. They can type. <laughs> they can make a sandwich. You know what I mean? Like it's like yeah, fucking. Yeah. Ravage is gonna and bite Bumble, stuff. Rumble <laughs> is tiny in this one. There's a scene where he's like up to Megatron's knee. Oh yeah, dude, the ever-changing scale. And then only a couple episodes, uh, he was fighting like a uh, hound. <laughs> yeah, dude. Him in the jaw. <laughs> anyway, so the the uh, Decepticons attack. Uh, it turns out, but since they're gone, the, the other guy's like, well, he just he just emails the formula basically to Chip. That's his big his big. Uh, escape. By the way, that there was there was the net because we have well. Yeah. Yeah, well, before this, we have uh, the scene where is – wait, is it before – yeah, he first they, they email Chip the, the formula, then later is where he, he uh, connects to Prowl. But it's interesting that they introduce, like, there is a net. There is uh, – Yeah, they introduce this idea of the internet. There's, like – yeah, it's it, actually pretty ahead of his time. They're, like, sending him information. Um, yeah. This is when it gets really fucking crazy. So, like – and we got we to gotta kind of breeze through this. But, like, 
they they send him the information and then he has it and then they and then that's the same time that uh, he needs to, like basically hack into Prowl remote hack into Prowl Prowl yeah. says his battle computer goes down and he can't move and he has to, like remote hack into Prowl and then he's controlling Prowl he's basically uh, taken over his body Prowl r- remarkably cool with this like uh, thankful really that he's, he's now like a yeah slave. we make a great team <laughs> yeah it's like you're not doing anything dude this would this would horrify me if i was a, a sentient robot and i was like he's some dude some asshole some 16 year old in a wheelchair just hacked into my body and the first try and he's nailing it and he's doing a better job than i have so he, he hacks into him which then brings up like uh, throughout the episode now like that's gonna be a plot device where they're gonna like hack into people they're gonna hack into skywarp yeah uh, a little bit later on and then like that is so huge, and it never comes up again because it would break the whole show. I mean, like, literally, you could really – you could just hack into Megatron and have him murder everybody. You know what I mean? But also, like the whole show. 1984, where Doug, uh, a guy in a wheelchair, without the use of his legs, hacks into a giant avatar to become uh, That's true. You know, a fighter. This is years before the Avatar movie came out. It's- yeah. They thought it was a ripoff of uh, Pocahontas and Dances with Wolves. Turns out it was also ripping off a little bit of role for it. Chip Chase was doing it years before whatever the hell the name of the main character in Avatar was. Oh, yeah. I don't even know. Is there there a movie? boring. Yeah. (laughs) I'm amazed at how, like, for a movie that made, that was the highest grossing film of all time, that, like, has had absolutely zero, um, like foot cultural footprint. Uh, or, I know it's oh, true. Like, Everyone like, made fun it, of it for a year, then forgot about it. That was it. If it, if it wasn't for Disney creating that land, it, you know, and then but now buying Fox and and going along with the sequels, I don't think anybody would would give it. You know, it's it's amazing. No, it'll be um it'll be interesting to see. We'll still be doing this podcast when the sequel comes out. You know what I mean? Like it should, we should be on 80. schedule for that. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you never know unless we're all underwater. But uh, <laughs> well, I'm 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 referring more to J- the fact that James Cameron's been talking about these sequels forever. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Like, yeah, I. Uh, but I think now that yeah, Disney's we'll behind it, they're gonna be like, no, get this shit done. Because honestly, and like I've seen a lot of the Disney Plus ads that I see pop up online in my social media feeds. Like, it's like, oh, we have Avatar now, and I'm like, who the fuck gives a shit? And I'm like, oh, that's right, because you guys have oh, the Pandora God. world that at Animal Kingdom, so you have a vested interest, and the new sequels, so you have a vested interest in trying to get people excited. Uh, generation and they will get it dude and disney will get it made they might decide halfway through it's like straight to video but they'll fucking finish they'll finish avatar <laughs> it'll, be, it'll, like, be, it's getting it'll be disney plus that's it might it. be animated but it's gonna be done <laughs> god damn it Next thing, you know, it'll just it'll go from like james cameron's like we're gonna have four sequels four giant imax 3d movies to just a disney plus series and the ride yeah it's, it's like, check out our <laughs> web series <laughs> You get it. You get a free password at McDonald's, and you can watch part one of our. <laughs> anyway. So anyway, right. we, we go, go. We go with the the prequel to Avatar here. <laughs> Chip Chase taking over Prowl's body. Taking over Prowl, just kicking ass at the same time. Uh, and uh, and this is pretty good. And then this is when uh, Prime comes in, unloads all the other Autobots, like breaks through the wall, and like. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, first he gets the one person out. So first he rescues Chip. And then he goes back in and fucks everything up, which is pretty awesome, actually. He's like Prime, learning Prime kicks how to be ass a... in this episode. Yeah, this is the first. This is the first Prime kicking ass episode, dude. Like every episode before this, if he gets in a fight, he's sort of 
clumsy and like kind of doesn't know what he's doing and like there's really no strategy he comes up with besides just like let's go find him this is the first yeah. time he's like thinking a little bit he gets the human out of there he like puts people in his fucking trailer you know what i mean he's, yeah. he's fucking shit up i'm sure in no small part because he thinks uh, megatron's dead he's clearly terrified of megatron and <laughs> now that megatron is dead he's got his balls back uh, and he's kicking ass but he's gonna get a rude awakening here yeah uh, because uh he's gonna find out that megatron is indeed alive and Megatron's um, uh, showing up at the antimatter laboratory, and uh, yep, you know, Reflector gets, gets him in. The Decepticons go inside, take over, and Alcazar, Doctor Alcazar, says, "Whoop! I can't let them find this. Let me send this to uh, email. Email the formula to Chip." And yep. uh, and Chip's just immediately just like, <laughs> like he's like, "Oh, Doctor Alcazar sending me the antimatter. One of the most important yeah. discoveries in the history of mankind. I just better <laughs> keep it safe." <laughs> Yeah, you know, he doesn't even think it's that weird. He's like, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, and then Megatron wants to know where he sent it. So he like, uh, I think he tells Starscream and then that's when we're getting no, the chase scene. No, no, what happens with is he uses, apparently, like, in this one, they get very, um, to reference another movie that came out years after the Transformers, uh, you know, the, what are the, like the Matrix sequels where all of a sudden like Neo can put his healing hands on and, and affect like mega. We see twice where just Decepticons just lay their hands on something and use sort of the force, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, no, like, it's true. This is he, like, he just Megatron yeah. lays his hand on the computer, finds out it went to Chip's house. Yep, that's true. It, this is like one of Megatron's many weird things he does. He has that weird hose he can plug into people and like can read yeah. their mind too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and then so what? Uh, so we'll be uh, useful in this. Yeah. So we're well, we're 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 let, let's we're taking forever to get through this thing here. So um, yeah, I know it's such a good episode, dude. <laughs> so they end up. So they go to Chip's house. They kidnap Chip, but before they do, Chip rips up his floppy disk with his bare hands like it's paper. Like it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, only in his brain. Memorizes. Uh, Ravage, Ravage the grabs entire. him by his like body and then just yes. like <laughs> deposits him in the Thundercracker, which is pretty amazing. By the way, threw a fucking, yeah. Threw a plate glass. Window. So like I don't know how he didn't just shred this entire child's body, which would make <laughs> sense as like a, what a Transformer would do, because they'd be like, all right, I got him. Oh wait, I forgot. Shit. <laughs> These guys aren't made out of metal at all. <laughs> I forgot. This is this is a, this is a mess. <laughs> Megatron is not going to be happy. <laughs> this guy's not saying much. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so then, <laughs> what happens is, uh, yeah, they 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 take him to the Decepticon headquarters, and Megatron, although he does mention, he does taunt. He says, "Oh, you primitive flesh creatures, or whatever. You you think your primitive brain could really hide this from me?" And uh, and first of all, I'd be like, "My primitive brain? You guys didn't invent antimatter, you son of a bitch." But uh, it's yeah, with with a, with millions of years as an edge. Yeah, and uh, Soundwave literally again lays his hands on Chip's head and is somehow able to. Now, granted, our brains are electrochemical synapses, you know, the, the neurons firing. There, it's it, you know, but uh, somehow through through uh, Soundwave's fingertips, he's able to just extract this one piece of information and get the antimatter formula directly out of yeah. Chip's head. So the they they're. they're the, the Decepticons are a little Sith-like in here. They got some dark side force it powers. <laughs> Which, like, you know, it's uh, essentially it's funny because they go through a lot of episode 
chasing down this formula just to like lay his hands on his head and get it so easily. So it's really it's they spend a lot of time and the whole point of most of that stuff is just to show you that like they've invented antimatter. There's limitless energy on Earth and they can control they can remote control transformers. And these are two things that are never gonna come up in this series ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this, most of this most of this episode is like we really gotta establish these two things and then they never ever go back to it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta love it. All right. Uh, so, yeah. So wait, I'm losing my place here. I'm I'm trying so to remember guess, everything. So Megatron's got the antimatter now. Uh, this is actually really cool. So like, this is uh, this we get to see Megatron win again, which is great because we're still in the part of the show where the Decepticons are, are usually. It seems at this point of the show the Decepticons usually get the edge and they usually win the battle when it's kind of even, unless there's a surprise yeah. or something like that. So they get, yeah, e- get even the though there's like six Decepticons and like fifteen Autobots at this point. Yeah. But they have at this point of the show, they always have a better plan, um, and they're kind of always ahead of the curve. It's always the Autobots at this point of the show. The Autobots are always chasing after them. They don't know what they're up to. They never have any idea, and they're always caught off guard. So um, he gets he has the antimatter. Uh, he wisely puts it inside his own body, so now he can just fuck shit up. Um, I do think the cartoon at this point really sort of underestimates his awesome cannon on his arm, like his fusion cannon, because yeah. he seems to like have to turn into the gun to shoot anybody. But his fusion is pretty any awesome. Time- Anytime he uh, he comes up with any sort of like I've I've you know where he's jacked up his power where he's powered up he um, yes. he transforms into the gun. But I think it's just really they just use that as an excuse to show that he can transform into like they have to have him trans. Otherwise he would. Why right. would he ever transform at all? That's true. That's a very good point. They have to find a way to show his alt mode because like how the fuck and it is. It's such a shitty alt mode because like, you know, at least when when he turns into Galvatron in a couple seasons, spoiler alert, when he turns into <laughs> Galvatron in a couple seasons, um, at least then he's like a, an autonomous cannon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is slightly better. He's look, and I think I think if I remember right, uh, Galvatron even had little tank treads so he yeah, can like yeah. kind of move. He's basically just a tank, but they're like, OK, this is better. Um, we're not going to sued for this, but, uh, anyway, all right. So yeah, he's, he's turning it. He, he of course turns into the gun and then, uh, Starscream starts shooting everybody with a super powered Megatron. No, no, no. Ironically, what happens he, is no, what happens? Cause we're, we're still at the laboratory. The Autobots show up. Oh, yeah, Megatron yeah. fucks their shit up with, uh, by blowing up an antimatter energon cube and you see the right. Autobots and they all transform and they're, they're bringing their windshields are busted. They got dents oh, in yeah. their hoods and they got to stumble back to the arc back to the uh, autobot headquarters and this is where we see the uh, yeah now we'll, we'll we'll just try to wrap this up and get into the climax where an antimatter powered uh megatron antimatter powered megatron being being wielded by starscream yeah uh, who's taking all of the credit he's like it's so great he's literally like fall in front of my might like dude you're not doing anything like yeah you're you know, holding the guy he can hear you man you're he's right there <laughs> like he's he everything you say like, everyone knows, dude. It's like, I don't understand. Anyone could be holding that. You'd probably give it to Skywarp and he'd actually shoot himself. You know what I mean? Like, anyone <laughs> in the fucking crew could hold that thing. But, you know, you gotta love Starscream. E- even though yeah. he's... Starscream has gone from um, leader, like, enthusiastic leader, to then this, like, complete bitch. And now he's already taken credit again. Like, he's already... You gotta, you gotta love his hustle, man. He's already back yeah. in the game. You know, Starscream's, Starscream reminds me of, uh, for, for those of you who are sports fans in the New York metropolitan area, it reminds me of, uh, you know, kind of like Mets and Jets fans. Anytime they have a little, like anytime the Yankees or Giants are on a downswing and the Mets and Jets have a little bit of success, you start hearing a lot of talk online in the media about, oh, now it's a Mets town. It's Jets town. It's like, it's like well, yeah, no, don't get too excited. <laughs> 
and then and then yeah, no. history <laughs> is true. Shows they always get smacked back down. That's you know what, man? Like Starscream is a desperate sports fan of like a <laughs> of like a of a of a rotting franchise. Really does kind of make him. It makes me understand it more. He's like, if he's like, a, if you think of him as like a Browns fan, he's like, well, this year we must, we must get a Super Bowl. And you're like, this poor guy, this poor guy. Like every year he wants a Super Bowl. He's so sure he's gonna get it. And every year he's like, what happened? <laughs> Not you know, again. In that case, in that case, Starscream's really, and the, and the colors kind of match up too. Starscream's really more like the Dallas Cowboys. Every year going into it, I'm the most powerful. This year I'm the Super Bowl fame. And then no, nope, nothing happens. Yeah, every except year. he never had like a. Day. <laughs> There's no like he never had his like uh, doesn't even make the playoffs. we got a lot of similarities between Starscream and Jerry Jones too. But uh yeah, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's actually true. Jerry Jones is what happens if Starscream wins. That's like, exactly what happens. <laughs> He's like that's what he would do with all of his power. He's like I did it. Now what? I don't know. I don't know. Good luck, dude. All right, we gotta we gotta so, get through this. While this so we uh, have a- battles going on. Wheeljack and Spike and Sparkplug and Chip are making this uh, are, are another remote control to take care to take over the Decepticons, and that's basically how they win. They go out and they they slap it on like uh, Skywarp's leg. And here's the interesting thing: we're yeah. just talking about Megatron and his alt mode. Now, Eustace City, the thing is, like you're like, oh, Megatron is he? As Starscream saying all this stuff about how he's great, I'm thinking the same thing you are. I'm like, Megatron can hear you, but. Megatron never the Starstream drops Megatron, he doesn't transform. And in fact, they don't even call him Megatron. He's like, somebody pick up the antimatter gun. Megatron is now oh, just that's an so object. Funny, dude. I didn't even think about that. That's so true. He's just like Oh, that poor guy. He's like he, I don't know, it's a very weird look at Megatron. It's He's a, like I guess he just so, passed so, out. I don't know. Some really contrived drama rather than Megatron just so falling on the funny, floor dude. and then I just need... transforming. Skywarp's gotta dive and get the gun and then they take over Skywarp. And the meanwhile, um Yeah, oh, they, dude, they... do you have uh, Craig, you have stumbled among some genius. I, you know, listen, <laughs> listeners, I'm sorry because this is definitely a long one, and I apologize. And I'm, I'm actually cutting into my own day and shit I gotta do, but this is just so good uh, because you, you made a great point, sir. Because not only does he just like stay in gun mode, and lay on the ground like an asshole, but then in a minute, you know, when 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 Skywarp picks him up, he then has Megatron as a weapon, and then of course, uh, 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 Chase, uh, Chip Chase hacks into him, and then he yeah. just start shooting people with Megatron. Megatron, you would think he'd just be like, no, but he's like, yeah, yeah. I guess. I don't know. What am I, what am I supposed to do? It's not like I, he just lets him be sort of shooting all his own people just because someone else happens to be holding him. Does that mean if Optimus Prime just like picked him up and wrapped some duct tape on him, like he just gets to wield Megatron forever as like an idiot <laughs> weapon? You know what I mean? That's a great point, dude. Like, that really, that's going to blow up the whole show for me. I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> They didn't, they didn't think that, you know, like a lot, like, listen, like, like as we're going to see, is becomes a recurring theme. They didn't think a lot of this through. <laughs> In oh, these dude, early that's episodes. such a great point. So they and get, then what happens is, like, like we said, happens, and that's not necessarily how the Autobots win. What happens is Megatron's ultimately like, wait, this antimatter in my chest is becoming unstable, so I need to get rid of it, and now we need to retreat. Like, and they make it seem like Chip won. And even at the end, Megatron is cursing him. But basically, no matter what the Autobots or Chip did, uh, the the antimatter was going to become unstable at some point, and he was going to have to get rid of it anyway. Yeah, really, really, the big the big lesson here is that Megatron should have never transformed because if he just took the <laughs> antimatter and then shot out his regular cannon, it may have been slightly less powerful, but he would have been so much better off. Because the only reason he can't get it done is because he keeps on getting shot by oafs. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and that's true. And then when he blows his load, so to speak, and then all the, you know, he has to shoot all the matter. Now he's like all fucked up. Like he has blown up all of the Decepticons <laughs> in the process. And then they have to, this is, I believe this is the first really pathetic Megatron retreat of the whole show. Like the, yeah. I'm talking like wide eyed, like his Cobra voice commander ish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like just like, yeah. Cause you know, Starscream as everyone knows, I'm sure I hope everybody knows that Starscream is the same voice as Cobra commander. So when he pulls a retreat, it's like a nice retreat. It's like a great yeah, whiny, yeah, yeah. you know, but Megatron usually has a little bit of dignity, but man, we start seeing Degatron just puss it up more and more as the show goes on. And this is the first really like, just he, he's like sensitive. He's like retreat. Just fucking get a fuck it. Get out. Fuck it. Some whatever. Great, like he just some shit. great voice work by Frank Welker, which reminds me of something we completely forgot. This scene where Rumble's guarding the power plant, and then uh, oh yeah, we forgot. We I forgot about that. how Jesus. So much happened in this episode. We forgot about Mirage uh, making himself invisible, and then and then Hound basically turning into a rock and fooling yes. Rumble. And Frank which, Welker, why by does, the way, why does and why does Hound need to even turn into a rock if if Mirage can just go over there and like beat up whatever anyway? <laughs> yeah, but then uh, yeah, I know. But well, then because they also use Hound to yeah, it's like they 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 decide to use two different illusions at the same time. <laughs> like they could one yeah, would have been good. Weird... You could either have make it seem like there's a number of different Hounds and the Decepticons are outnumbered, or you just have Mirage sneak in. You didn't really need to do both. Well, also, but it's... Hound's another character that's about to get written out of the show pretty quick here. Like he's gonna yeah. be only background, no lines. I think he maybe have one or two more pretty, episodes where he like pretty does soon. something. Well, like and, and yep. uh, this is an episode where, for a lot of characters that are about to become like that because Blue Streak gets has a lot of action in the beginning, and then at the end yeah. we see uh, and, and towards the end we see uh, Sideswipe and Sunstreaker actually getting into action, and Sunstreaker there's a oh, great shot of him so riding great. on the black back when they they literally go like it's a it's a really cool scene where we're sideswipe and, and uh sunstreaker i love that scene yeah. after these those are great you know it's it's worth mentioning and that is awesome and i know we gotta wrap it up but it's uh it's worth mentioning that they they put in the fact that uh, sunstreaker and uh, sideswipe are brothers because they have the same vehicle mode but they do not address whatsoever the fact that prowl and blue streak are identical face <laughs> and everything literally yeah. identical just different colors and they just never comes up whatsoever no but actually uh, and meanwhile, the Seekers, are, the Seekers are totally not different like toys. triplets. The Seekers are not no, referred to as They don't ever bring that up either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, even only Reflector and then the, the, the Lamborghini twins. Only those, like, haven't brought up. Everyone else just kind of uh, lets it go away. But yeah, anyway, so... But there's, yeah, but there's a, some great comic relief with Rumble. <laughs> like, what's going on? Am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? And Frank uh, Welker, who does the voice so for both funny. Megatron and Rumble. And also, because, again, I've been watching a lot of Disney, but I've actually been rewatching. Uh, a little bit of DuckTales, the old DuckTales on Disney Plus on occasion. And um, Frank Welker also did the voice for the what, Big Time Beagle, the little tiny one of the Beagle boys, the the Lear, who is the type. And his uh, rumble voice here sounds exactly <laughs> like what, oh, when yeah, Big dude, Time Beagle like, would talk about, this... like, we got to beat Scrooge. And <laughs> Rumble's literally like, I can't be seeing what I really think I'm seeing. He does like... It's very, very comical. Dude, it's the that's the best thing. I know we gotta wrap up too. Like this will be the last thing, but like um I is, is the best thing is if you watch a lot of these eighties cartoons, like there really was only like thirty people getting work. <laughs> you know what I mean? To voice that thing. So like if you watch enough cartoons, like it is you're like, Oh, it's him, it's that well, guy, like, dude. Yeah, and, yeah, like, like Prowl is Michael Bell, who's also Duke on G.I. Joe. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, the GI Joe. I mean, the GI Joe Transformers overlap is phenomenal because there's just so much great stuff. But I, you know, the the fact that like Cobra Commander and Starscream, I, I mean, they're the same person, but they do the same voice. It's like not even. It's like, I know. You even change it one bit. It's so perfect, dude. I think Cobra Commander has a bit more of a rasp, and Starscream's is a bit smoother. But yeah, pretty much the same. <laughs> but yeah, yeah it's. Uh, I would say Starscream is the bigger puss of the two. Uh, but yeah. Oh man, so good. Anyway, we gotta wrap up, but that was um that was, was one of my favorite episodes of all time. And sorry we, we went so long, but man, it's just so much good stuff in that episode. It's so great. Uh, yeah. Well, we, we won't see some of these things ever again. We will unfortunately see Chip uh, more than we'd like to. But and he um, becomes a little. Yeah, great, yeah, comes, he he kind of you know it's it's it, that's the thing too. It's like all right, we're gonna we're gonna try to you know be a little more inclusive and diverse and create you know bring in this character. And yet you, you yeah. have to make him so annoying. Then again, pretty much all the humans, yeah. all the humans, all the on humans this are, pretty, are annoying. They are. Spike's are dad is the least annoying, but we don't see him very much anymore. Like pretty much the rest of the show, it's mostly Spike and Chip. Well, um, actually, you see no, a coming up the to spark uh, plug. Uh, spark plug gets a huge arc uh, coming coming up with a Doctor Arcaville uh, in a few oh, episodes. Of course, that's a good yes. one. Yeah, I love Doctor yeah. Arcaville. That's the uh, yeah Doctor Arcaville is one of the one of the people we get to meet. Uh, yes. For last time in a while, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah dude. All right, well, that was, uh, that was a good episode, man. That I love this great. episode so much. Next up is episode six: Divide and Conquer. We'll see what sort of diabolical plan the Decepticons come up with next to try to defeat the Autobots. Uh, this the is the next. one I think it is. It's one of my favorites. Yes. On the next exciting edition of Optimus Prime Time, more than meets your ears.